Life in the lockdown, what is it like for people and what is it like for my next guest, PJ Gallagher, who joins me. Is he on Skype, yeah? PJ, how are you? How are you? How's things? Oh, that's a great little line now. Fantastic. Where are you now? <laughs> I'm at home looking out the window, uh, like everybody else, just staring out the window into uh, into the world. What can you see? Waiting to get back into it. Uh, what can I see? Cyclists who are doing me head in uh, and just people out walking, I suppose. Uh, but that's it. I mean, people doing their bit of exercise and just trying to get through their day and their weekend, like, I suppose. And we just, we had a load of texts in there from people going on about complacency, that people are getting complacent. Do you think people are coming out a bit more? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, you can definitely see it and feel it around. Even just going into, uh, you know, doing my few bits in, in the mornings and stuff, you can see the traffic volume has changed and you can see the walk. And I, I'm right next to a green, so I'm looking out at people. And it's it's bit, like it's notably uh, getting a bit busier at the last few days, yeah, definitely. I think we're going to have to get used to that. We're going to have to... We're going to have to start taking like personal responsibility for doing it ourselves anyway. I mean, I'm not suggesting people should go out and break the rules, but what I'm saying is we are at some stage going to have to get used to getting out and, okay, taking personal responsibility for staying away from somebody, but, but to get out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know. Yeah, I suppose I'm getting out less and less because like, it's starting to feel more and more crowded. Uh, so I'm just like... Uh, <laughs> Started doing my home exercises and like you know the, those home workouts, those dreaded home workouts that everybody hates yeah. looking at. And on how, Instagram. How you, I've become how, one of those people. How have you been doing since it started, and how do you feel now? I mean, how is the comparison? Or uh, well, I suppose like everybody else, when it started, um, I panicked. I went into anxiety and panic like everybody else, and because our routine was taken off us, so. You know, I was hitting the biscuits and, you know, sticking fish fingers in a toaster and thinking the world was going to end and not knowing what to do and, and uh, you know, uh, and and uh, listening to all the hope and all the energy and we'll get through this together and, you know, but still being in total fear that we were never going to work again. And I suppose the longer it's gone on, the more you find a routine, maybe not one that you're happy with, but it's sort of settled a bit now, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and what is your routine? Uh, well, um, I suppose now I, I'm still lucky enough. I get to go, get up and go to to work in the morning, so I do that, and then I come, you know, get back here. Are you doing it from home? Or? No, no, I, I I still go into work. Um, oh. so that's that's great. You know, I still get to go in and you know sit in the room, uh, and you can hang your day off that. So I'm one of the lucky ones that way. Uh, and then coming home and uh, you know I've started. It's it's gas. I've started taking up stuff that I let go before the lockdown. Like uh, you know, like I like I'm reading books a lot more. Uh, I'm probably watching less telly than ever, which I'm really surprised at because um, I finished Netflix and couldn't just just couldn't handle it anymore after about a week. Uh, so I'm reading books more. I'm working out in the house more. You know, I'm appreciating the garden a little bit more. I'm cooking like there's no tomorrow. My God, I never thought I'd say I enjoy cooking, but I've got this newfound passion for vegetables, which sounds ridiculous, but I can't keep my hands off it. The, the crack I got out of a turnip last night was unbelievable. <laughs> and like you've been a big man in the last few years for working out as well. So are you managing to get that done at home? Yeah, still getting that done. Um, I, I get like at the start, I let it go completely. You know, it just felt like you can't do this. The gym is closed. This is ridiculous, and I hate home workouts. But I didn't hate them. I just wasn't used to them. Um, so I let myself get a little bit fat and it all wrong. And uh, now it's come back a bit. So yeah, I'm getting out in the garden and you know, um, just watching watching all of this unfold. It's, I think it's just um, really mad the way it has unfolded, though. Like, the narrative is exactly the same as it's been since the start, but the tone has completely changed. How? Uh, do you know what I mean? So, like, we, we're still saying the exact same things we were saying in week one. We're still saying, we can get through this. Yeah. And if we pull together and we work together, we're going to get out the other end of it. And we need to do this for each other. And we're still saying those exact things, but with a totally different tone. Now we're kind of going, yeah, we'll get through it, right? 
It was, it was just fun to get out with and get through this. Like, just all be over one day. So, can we just please stick to the bloody rules? I'm going to be fine. Thank you. Yeah, listen, um, so, can I have a pint of milk? We're all in this together, okay? Well, yeah, yeah, we're going to milk, right? Milk is the end of the world. <laughs> Uh, so, so we're still doing. The same thing. Yeah. So where does the tone go? Where does the tone go through next, PJ? Where will the tone eventually end up at? I I have no idea. I honestly don't know. I suppose that's the thing, is that you can't plan anything. It's like the whole country's got a broken leg. The whole lot of us is walking around. Every single person in Ireland has a broken leg, and we're all limping through our day. And we're bored telling people how it happened. And we're bored of people asking us how we are. We're just trying to get through the day. And we thought we'd be fine in six weeks, and we're not fine in six weeks. We still have to go for another checkup and see another specialist and get another recommendation. Uh, and it's really <laughs> annoying now and we're still on painkillers and we're <laughs> sick to our arse of the whole thing uh, but uh, so it's, it feels a bit like that you know yeah, uh, so our, what's, what's next we don't know I guess that's why it's so annoying we don't know what's next no I remember a fella we do this ski trip every year on the breakfast show and I remember um, about 10 years ago uh, a fellow on the first day of the ski trip he broke his leg getting out of the bus and uh, his so his leg was for the two for the week of the ski trip his leg was in plaster and basically, he just spent his whole week with his plastered leg up on the bar and people asking him the same question for the entire week. So it's exactly... It's infuriating. It, it is, it's exactly. So listen, um, what about live gigs and everything um, and, and appearances? I mean, they're, they're kind of out now, um, PJ. So are, are you missing those? Uh, no, uh, I, I mean, I haven't done them for ages anyway. Uh, I, I, I always know I'm in trouble for cash when I'm doing gigs. Um, so <laughs> I have to say, I don't really uh, miss, the, miss the gigs, to be honest with you. It's, I miss going out to stuff myself. Like, I miss getting into football matches and I miss going to be a spectator. Being on stage, not so much, but you do know that it's kind of, it's going to be such a long, like, that's the very last thing that's going to come back, isn't it? That's how you know we're back to normal is when mm. live events are back and people can do gigs and, and that. And I know there's like options now uh, to, they're trying to do Zoom gigs and stuff, but I can't imagine anything worse. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry, PJ, like, so I'm doing to do a gig anyway. I'm like, doing... No, of course you are. You do, you're, you're, like a, you're one of these warrior performers. You're like my friend Eric Lawler or Jason Bourne. You'll have a go on any gig, whereas I can't handle that lack of control. If he... I was on Zoom doing a gig and I watched 300 listeners or what viewers just disappear, I'd, I'd, have, a, I'd have a panic attack. I'd that's never leave the house again. That's what happens. Basically, a Zoom gig is where a company asks you to do a gig and you appear on Skype right and you can see all the people in the room but just as a kind of a little icon on your screen and every so often you see the screen go whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> people just leave the room and even when, and when you're trying to say something funny obviously you hear no laughter you see no whites of people's eyes no teeth no nothing all you hear is you go anyway I'll hit you with my best one and then you see whoop, 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 whoop. Oh, just people just people leaving just people oh, leaving so, oh, but, that's just too ruthless. I couldn't handle that. No, like, but it's, it's ruthless because uh, the reason I wanted to tell you that story is because you uh, and I uh, share this 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 kind of funny notions about corporate gigs in general. So forget about Zoom gigs. You have had some yeah. of the most. You this is freely described by you now. This isn't me saying it, but you have some have the worst experiences with some corporate gigs in your life, haven't you? I think I've had, yeah, I've had real howlers when it comes to corporate gigs. I tell you, corporate gigs are a very hard thing to pull off anyway because most of the people didn't know you were there. Uh, most of the people don't want you there. Uh, they were probably having a perfectly good night until someone stood up, gave away a golf award and then told them they had to be quiet to listen to you. Uh, you know, so uh, when they go wrong, they go spectacularly wrong. Can you recall? Like, I was chasing, yeah, go on. 
I, I was chased out of uh, a, a very fancy castle-style hotel by 200 accountants into a car park one night, um, which was an, an incredible moment because uh, it was actually so bad. The gig was going so bad that if anybody laughed, they would have ruined it. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had that experience before. The silence was like a wall. I've never felt anything like it. And I don't know. And it was totally my fault. I started, they told me to uh, not talk to one particular table. Please don't talk to that table. The boss says, doesn't like it. He doesn't like the attention. And that was a course in my head, like wet paint. I came out and I said some stupid joke that made him out to be a glue sniffer or something. What was I thinking? <laughs> And this, the air went out of the room. Like, it was hard to breathe. But for 20 minutes, I stood there in utter silence. And uh, then they sent someone on the stage to get me off, a guy I was working with. And um, he had to come onto the stage and say, ask me to leave. And they all heard it because the room was so quiet through the microphone. And, um, and I could hear myself breathing in the microphone. And he says, look, we'll just do a song um, and then we'll leave. And he started playing this really dirty song. <laughs> <laughs> And we gave her everything we had. And the last line of the song was absolute dirt. And uh, then some woman stood up and said, you've ruined Christmas. And they started running at the stage and chased us into the car park. Uh, and like screaming, you've ruined Christmas. And they would never seen anything so disgusting in their lives and how I embarrassed everybody. And I remember like even at the time saying, thank God this went the way it did. Because if it was just a moderately bad gig, we wouldn't have had a story out of it. But now it's actually kind of great fun. It's gone into the realms of Legion. And the uh, the other one I remember, unless I was dreaming about it, did you tell me you did a gig for like, I don't know, three or four people in Lecre Van or something? Well, it wasn't three. There was loads of people in oh, the restaurant. Um, but only about three or four people actually paid any attention. Okay. Um, yeah, that was, uh, I was standing at the uh, entrance into the kitchen, I think it was. And this this Russian man, started screaming at me in the middle of it. Uh, and you know the way you try and get something out of someone. So you start going, uh, where are you from or what's your name? And he said, Russia. And yeah. I, I know it's a really stupid joke, but I said, if you don't sit down, I'm going to give you a kick in the Bolsheviks. And he grabbed me by the head and threw me over my dinner table. And I hit the couch and took like a load of plates and cutlery. And it was, the kick was going so bad, nobody even noticed. Like, he was the only person that even noticed it. So I just stood up and walked out the door. And, like, <laughs> nobody noticed. I got a text message about an hour later telling me I did a great job. And thanks very much. So even the person that booked me didn't watch. <laughs> even the person that booked me didn't notice it happened. It was horrendous. I think you said something to me as well about um, you were at a gig. I think it could have been bankers or whatever. And you actually approached one of the people at the gig and he asked you to leave. Not asked you to leave, but he was sort of, you harassed him or something. Or you, you got into a one-on-one -on -one with this guy at the table or something. I can't remember quite. What it was? Do you remember? It? You could be naming about uh, any of about a hundred uh, corporate shows. Oh, there. I just. <laughs> like, I, I had another gig like yeah. where I was on stage and it was so so bad. And I, I remember thinking I'd go down into the audience and I had to do as Jake Stevens, which I'd never done before, never done since, because like Jake just doesn't work mm. if you know he's not real. Mm. And uh, I went down into the audience and. Um, it was only when I went into the audience I realised there was a giant screen with my live face on it on the stage and I panicked and my mouth went dry and I couldn't whistle like Jake Stevens so I was standing there with a the microphone going <laughs> and I freaked out and then pointed at the person that booked me and said I told him this wasn't going to work I told him this was a bad idea like it was oh my god like yeah, when, when they go bad they go epically bad but it's okay I think because Comedians love talking about the shows that will go terribly and nobody really cares about your good ones. Uh, so it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. I guess if they didn't go bad, everyone would oh, do it. I'll have to make you feel better, but I tried to give you one that went terrible for me. So it was about 2008 and uh, it was like Celtic Tiger, 2007 Celtic Tiger and it was um, a bank and it was like the Galway races and it was a tent. 
and everybody was absolutely fluttered and they were all standing in the tent so nobody was sitting down and there was also um, a mobile uh, waiter, uh, bar waiters bringing everybody around drinks and there was mobile gambling as well so there was basically <laughs> gambling and drinking and just money flying everywhere and f- ties flying everywhere and then this very nervous banking guy got up to introduce me and he was sort of from Donegal and he went right ladies and gentlemen can I have your attention now please can, can, can I have your attention there is an entertainer outside the door. Now, he's a bit nervous oh, now, so you'll have yes. to give him a bit of a chance. Hello, everybody. Give him a bit of a chance. Oh, God. Would you welcome <laughs> off the stage Romero Cotsonasor? And, and, and I just walked into the room, and nobody saw me walking into the room. Nobody saw me getting to the podium. And then it's, it's, it's worse when you're doing impressions, PJ, because I started pretending I was Bertie Ahern, and I'm going, in fact, that. <laughs> <laughs> people are just gone as this guy got a speech impediment and oh they, my God. they basically didn't even listen to me and I went through the gig and a lady came out to me after the words tent and went I really enjoyed that and um, that's actually I, makes it worse doesn't it it did kind way. of because it was the it was the utter pity of it and another gig yeah. I, another gig I did uh, nobody was listening this was 2003 I think nobody was listening and uh, the, the, the manager got up the, the CEO got up and took the microphone off me and, and went um, I thought he was going to admonish me but he actually went you've all disgraced yourself again the same happened last year and it'll never happen again and I, I, all I could see was a waiter at the at the gig in the, a waiter getting off oh, of God, one, yeah. no a waiter getting off with one of the uh, people who were having dinner. Well, he did well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, you made somebody's night. Unbelievable. A waiter who was working. Um, It's amazing, isn't it? Like, the things you see, and then some of the heckles you get at shows are, like, um, uh, remarkable. Like, I remember being at the Ivy Gardens one year, and there's always some American um, guy that gets it wrong and arrives into the Ivy Gardens and gets it really, really badly. Mm. And uh, one person stood up and just says, uh, Y'all want it outside! And he was like, who wants me outside? And he goes, everybody inside. <laughs> and I remember, and years ago we did a gig. Uh, oh God, I knew he said the comedian's name. It would have been fair. Because he, he's good stand-up, but he was dying. Like really, really dying badly. And uh, he had this huge, big routine. And he went right into it. And then he delivered his final punchline. And nobody laughed. Mm. But one man stood up and said, didn't there used to be a pool table in here? <laughs> <laughs> PJ, there's a text here. Mario, I was at that gig PJ was on about. It really was that bad, Jer. Yeah, no, it was, yeah. Oh, was, yeah. Well, hopefully that wasn't one of the people that hit the car, but thank you anyway for being there. Yeah, well, PJ, do you know what? I remember actually when you told me those stories, you told me some stories about you doing those corporates years ago and you went in on Ray Darcy's show on Today FM and uh, you were chatting to Ray, but I remember just being in bits. My, my, uh, my stomach was was tired from laughing at you because you're so you're so personally funny, PJ, and I always love uh, the the um, the opportunity to chat to you. Uh, so listen, um, will you keep yourself well? Will you? <clears throat> I will. I will. I'm keeping well. Thanks very much, and you too. Have a good one, and thanks for having us on. Uh, not at all. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, PJ, and uh, talk to you soon, and stay stay well. Okay. Yeah, will do. Thank you. Bye, PJ.